Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. It is Nick and I joining you today, and we got an episode, a great episode coming up. It is with the boys from Ralph Prima, uh, Brian, who is owner, I believe, right, Nick? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Lauren, who has come on the podcast before. So we're going to get into a bit more of like the um, engineering side of it real quick, touch on that, something we, we missed in the last episode. And then quite honestly, I don't know what happens for the rest of the episode because <laughs> my internet cut out. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It was a it was a really good episode. First and foremost, because Brian is you know he's the owner of a company who absolutely has taken really good care of us and sponsored us and agreed to to back the real triathlon squad. You know, so we we wouldn't even be riding when when my opinion some of the best wheels in the industry without his you know directive. So honestly, we're super lucky, and I've wanted to have him on. So him and Lauren are in the middle of nowhere in fruta colorado right now doing some mountain biking so they joined us via their just cell signals um garrick somehow even in his house in michigan had worse wi-fi than them um and then i i don't know this isn't the best audio quality for one of our episodes but it still is pretty damn good so just bear with it a couple of times as we kind of roll through some of the a little bit of noises and uh, talkovers, but I think there's a lot of cool data in terms of aerodynamics, engineering, why we like these wheels versus others, where you should spend your money. And I don't know. I just think it's a cool story and a cool group of dudes. You know, most companies are a little arrogant and these guys are humble and very laid back and just want you to have, be on a bike. It doesn't matter what you're riding. You just want you to be outside enjoying it. So I, I find it refreshing. Yeah. You're going to get a really good sense of kind of the culture in this company and then kind of where they lie in their morals and their their values as a company just the way they talk uh and the way they really market their product i guess at the same time um so yeah let's uh should we roll into this now yeah um jackson's just on his honeymoon he's going to be coming back on this sunday so we'll get him back on for the following episode of something it's going to be awesome i don't know what but yeah let's yeah. roll in thanks garrick all right, cool. Let's roll into her. All right, and we're back. Me, Garrick, and the boys from Rolf Prima. We're going to have a chance to really get to know them. Garrick, how you doing? Oh, I am doing well, man. Um, just crossed the border back into the States, and I'm happy to be here. Yep, and your dog... <laughs> your dog learned how to open your door, apparently, while you were gone, so that's... He did. That's terrible. Um, but before we get too deep into our life stories, please, fellas, introduce yourselves, let us know who we're talking to, and why, frankly, we want to hear this story of Rolf Prima. Uh, I'll go first. My name is uh, Brian. I'm the owner of Rolf Prima. And I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Lauren Masinger, um, Director of Sales and Marketing, and uh Lauren, you've been with us before during our, our race in Galveston, uh, written for that me, you Jackson, and we were talking wheels. So thanks for coming yep. back on. Yeah, absolutely. To be here. Um, always fun to hang out with you guys. Um, yeah, thanks Brian. for having us on. 
Yeah, Brian, thanks for obviously agreeing um, in, in a large capacity to support what we're doing as a team in terms of uh, product support for the last year and obviously moving forward into next year. So we, we obviously as a team, uh, six of us, or yeah, five and a half of us basically, since we're, we lost Kelsey, um, she, she retired this year. Um, but thank you for, for giving us an opportunity and in, in investing in us. And obviously we've been hoping <laughs> to meet you in some, um, some way, somehow. So this is, this is step one. Maybe you'll come to St. George one day. Would love to. Yeah. My, um, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say right now, um, I believe just to set the stage, you and Lauren are actually, how about you guys? What, what are you looking at? Well, you know, we, uh, have been out, uh, in Fruta, Colorado. There's, uh, actually myself, uh, I have a business partner in Rolf Prima here also, my wife and our, uh, operations manager is also here riding mountain bikes. And we are looking at a beautiful sunset. <laughs> and uh how many cans of adult bevies have you been thrown in the recycling bin oh. I, would, I mean I, I don't want to speak for lauren yeah i've been, I've been pretty restrained yeah we've... <clears throat> steve, steve brought some sort of strange uh sample box of crater lake um spirits so we've had to uh, test a few of those but um i think we're i think we're still fairly coherent I think Lauren's three. Um, but I, three. I want yeah. three. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just goofy. I'm just goofy all on my own, you know. Like, but the thing I wanted to point out is that that Brian missed a couple characters in um, who was with us because um, he's also back east, so he brought the rest of his household, which means that Brian right now is rolling with a sprinter van with his wife, two dogs, and a cat. Um, yeah, yeah, you see. Inside I, of it. I actually didn't mention the cat because the cat sounds crazy. The two dogs sounds sort of normal. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a terribly <laughs> weird symbiotic relationship you've got going on there. They, they all travel well. Wait, yeah. it, I like it because it makes me feel like super sane. Um, <laughs> because like a lot of people, my, um, my partner and I are spending some time on this, uh, this winter in the sprint van thing we we have two dogs and we've gotten a lot of like oh my god two dogs two people and like you know a 2500 sprinter that's nuts and um then ryan rocked up with a cat and uh, it's like i'm we're smooth sailing this is like awesome <laughs> yeah so, but that's kind of yeah. a tra- you know brian tends to raise the bar on things so it's uh it's it's to be expected okay so van van life's pretty unique obviously um and Let's just go, let's just cut to the chase. Whose van's better? Oh, Brian's definitely. Brian's an engineer. Like he knows how all the things in his van work. And like me with my all sorts of things breaking, and then like, you know, gonna be gonna be texting Brian for the next three months. Uh, so yeah. Neither of us have the uh, super primo build ups. They're all kind of a little bit more home done. So I was gonna say build it out yourself or did you get someone to do it i, I built mine out uh over like five years nice mine's a mix, mine's a mix. I, had, I had folks do some stuff i did some stuff myself and uh where's that goes i'm much i'm much newer <laughs> to it i expect that mine will also be be a five-year <laughs> product um, 
found yeah, the we, line. We tried to do ours all in, in one winter and it was it was a lot. It was a yeah. high pressure situation for sure. Oh yeah, this was definitely like a three months get it done situation. Um, and it was like nothing new on race day. Well, I like just rolled out of town for three months without testing anything. So um, as you might imagine, you know, like I have some issues on my hands right now. But who has the, the most all, duct tape part of the holding shit together? Mm, duct tape. That's gonna have to be you, Lawrence, not me. Duct tape. Oh. I don't think. Um, Let's talk. I have, yeah, I have a lot of bungees for sure. I would. Uh, I suspect I win the bungee award. <laughs> um, the bungee award, uh, and probably like the most rickety method of keeping drawers <laughs> closed and stuff like that for sure. <laughs> so, P.U. Brian um, wins in like the rattle contest. Like, there's no possible. <laughs> I'm guaranteed when I'm driving down, it is noisier and more crazy making than his. I just, oh, I yeah, I'm just were... basing this on personality. Oh, I thought you were saying mine would probably rattle more, which I totally believed. Oh, no. <laughs> no I was figuring you'd, you'd, have, you'd take care of those things. Okay. But, so, uh, yeah, anyway. So, so all van shaming and loving aside, obviously <laughs> they're, they're your homes for a, a little bit of time. So let's, you know, let's not forget that. You got to be speak nicely, speak kindly. So they're nice and kind to you. Um, Great. So, so you're out there mountain biking right now. Um, what wheels are you, are you riding? Can I ask? Yeah. Um, all Go ahead. Go, Brian. Uh, actually, I've got uh, Ralph Freeman Alcees. Yeah, okay. Alcee 30 um, is the is the choice. We do also just like as a, so I have, I actually have two wheel sets with me. Um, and it's Alcee 30, Ralph Primo. And then there's a second company called Astral Cycling that's kind of a different thing. So I have a set of those as well. Uh, just they're kind of like just the for the gram. Yeah, totally. You got, to, you know, I mean, I do, I do the marketing stuff and um, yeah, it's a little bit of a different application. So um, if you work for a wheel company, you know, and you build out a van, you have to cram as many bicycle wheels inside of it as possible for sure. Yeah. Well, especially because your friends are going to want to borrow them mainly. Right. <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> yeah. Come to, yeah. Um, it's nice to be able to come out here and do testing too, you know, so actually we have uh some of the stuff we're writing is prototype stuff. So you, you know, write a little bit on it, just see how it handles and then do stupid stiff on it. Maybe it still works out. So purposely hit rocks going faster than you probably should without doing any sort of bracing. And that is oh, how I ride in general. <laughs> you don't need to add purposeful for that. Brian, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, all good. So, so Brian, um, you know, where do you live normally in, how does i mean hopefully you're close to the factory but do you also you know plan to did you always plan on opening a wheel company yeah so uh, i live in eugene and and we're all on the road right now but this is not like a company get together i'm we don't live in our van uh as much as maybe lauren does um so i'm i'm probably about five miles from the factory and uh you know i i didn't always plan on having a wheel company but i worked at trek in the late 90s as an engineer when we were doing the rolf wheels at trek so i was really familiar with rolf the guy rolf and uh the wheels and uh when he left rolf he wanted to keep making wheels so we actually started rolf prima in 2002 out in eugene um 
And, you know, as Rolf retired, uh, my business partner and I, Steve, uh, we bought Rolf from, we bought Rolf from Rolf about 12 years ago. Long time ago. Feels like a long time. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's great to be able to work on something you want to use. You know, it's not a, not a widget. Um, and we can go out and do stuff like this. And it is actually technically work. Oh, this has worked right now. I mean, what you're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the hours. This is marketing. <laughs> um, I'm an so, engineer, man. I don't know much about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you, you probably didn't, I mean, what, what, I guess, nudge you and your business partner to want to take over ownership from Rolf? Yeah, you know, I, I've always been a big believer in that. Well, I shouldn't say that. I am a big believer in the technology. I have to admit, I was an engineer at Trek uh, in 1996 when Rolf visited and we had all the engineers in the room and he's pitching to Paris folks. And all the engineers like, man, that is dumb. That'll never work. You know, just because we were used to how wheels have always been for eons. Uh, and we ran the testing. So we uh, set about, you know, set up the test that we're going to prove that this was dumb. And then after a while, you're like, well, okay. Um, yeah, these things actually test really well. Uh, we're the dumb ones. And actually, all the engineers kind of rallied behind it. I've stayed behind it for 25 years. Okay. Um, you know, I think with our experience um, being on Paired Spokes for the first year, like, I honestly have zero, and I mean zero complaints in terms of reliability, aerodynamics, um, you know, corner stability. I, I don't understand how an engineer, I mean, I guess I could engineer, uh, understand structurally how an engineer would question it, but, you know, riding them is different. And I think that that's probably sells it more than anything. Yeah. I think when you look back and when I look back, it's a blinding flash of the obvious, you know, at the time, I think we were reacting to, I mean, the bike, the bike business tends to, to rally behind the standard. You know, there's not, you know, bike, bike frames have looked largely the same for a long time and wheels have been the same for a long time. And I think we kind of get in that mindset. And when I look back at how we approached it, you realize, ah, that was, it was, it was myopic because it's really brilliant. You know, Rolf, the guy, Rolf, um, Rolf Dietrich, he, could really sit there and concentrate on every little aspect of a wheel, you know, whether it was spoke fatigue life. Um, you know, I, I was lucky to work on those projects with him uh, because yeah, it all comes together into a great handling wheel, durable that rides well. Uh, so it's funny. I mean, I, I think it's funny now when I look back at it, how, how against it we all were, you know, 25 years ago and how I, here I am 25 years later, still booster. Yeah, and in the design and the characteristics of the wheel, those have stood the test of the time. Um, so, as an engineer, have you maybe found ways to improve upon what you all have already started out with, or has it roughly been about the same? We, we have, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, our main initial patent was the parrot spokes. And the idea there is that you're counteracting the lateral forces that come out of tensioning a spoke by having them meet the rim at the same spot. So the, the spoke from the left side that pulls to the left counteracts the force from the spoke on the right side point to the right. Mm -hmm. um, and 
what we hadn't quite realized is, you know, so A, we had never really thought about aerodynamic benefits of, of, how, of grouping spokes, uh, but they're there uh, and measurable. But we also have created other things to, uh, you know, say improve, uh, you know, when you're running fewer spokes, you want to make sure that you're, you have great longevity of your spokes. So we have multiple nipple patents for how the spoke meets the nipple. Uh, so we've been, it's, it's been a constant iteration, but I mean, the main, there's still you know, the main inspiration and then kind of steps from there to incrementally improve upon it, you know, the different aspects of it, how to transfer torque from the drive side to the non-drive side. So all spokes are taking drive torque and not just some like a traditional mm -hmm. wheel does. So, I mean, I don't want to totally nerd out will bore people with that, but yeah, there's, there's a lot well, of I, I've got a good, <laughs> we got a good segue. Um, did you feel comfortable trying to patent nipple situations? uh yeah <laughs> i'm not I'm not sure i know where that's going um no. <laughs> we we, we are going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's funny what's been funny about it is uh when you just find just some of your competitors using the same technology so that yeah. I means it's, it's, it's annoying and it's also uh gratifying because it works yeah, yeah and i would just you know like lead back to um nick to, to what you were saying um because like like you you know i'm really more of a user like my experience is the experience of the wheels and and dealing with a whole lot of people that ride the wheels and it's it's just a really interesting thing because i think i i with total sincerity i can say that i've really never spoken to someone who has had our rolf primo wheels made by us you know real real rolf primo wheels um that has a beef with them that has an issue it is so the, the paris books are a really interesting thing because there is still some real like just bias and i think it has a lot to do with appearance um and it, it's it's sort of comical to me because it's people that there's like one side of people like oh no that can't work and, you know like we always joke around that like i mean it's been 20 years like it 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 has to work if it didn't work you you're not allowed like you've really just not like the, the laws of economics ensure that you're not allowed to make something that doesn't work for 20 years i like guess it's not a thing yeah. that happens um and uh, i mean with the marketing you know massive marketing budget that we have um so it's <laughs> you know it's really just it's about the product it's always been about the product and we have you know countless folks who who have been riding our wheels since day one, you know, or, you know, and own four pair and whatnot. And that's, I think, a really, a really cool thing about the brand is that uh, once folks kind of um, experience it or, or some, it just like, it, it makes sense to them from the get-go or they like that it's just a thing. But regardless, that in the end, um, people tend to kind of come into the fold and it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a club, you know, um, a very, a very inclusive club but it's uh we will take all comers but it's uh, um, people know they know and it's a it's a really cool thing yeah, yeah. i'm glad you touched on that lauren um uh, what's it like kind of being a company because in cycling you know you have the uci who always seems to try to like stifle any type of innovation for some reason <laughs> and and people love to to stick with like the classic classic frame classic wheels from your perspective as a, a company to try and help people overcome that because like you said you guys have been selling wheels for 20 years and, and they obviously work and pretty much everyone on the or actually everyone on this podcast can attest to that so how do you guys kind of overcome that with your marketing 
yeah it's um you know that's if i had a uh like a just home run answer for that then um i would i would love it because it's a i think with anything you know it's an ongoing narrative and it's an ongoing discussion and i think, I, I think for, what we do sorry to cut you off i think we just keep demonstrating how we use them like that's what it, that's like the biggest advertisement for anything right i absolutely 100%. yeah i absolutely agree i think our best advocates are the people who ride them you know the people we've found who, who tend to you know naysay they don't actually ride them and it's funny when they do it online because then someone will say something bad and then there'll be 10 people like well, i don't know i have them and they're great you know yeah, and that's, yeah, actually, yeah. that's actually been the greatest the greatest thing for us because it's not us saying it it's people who ride them and say hey it, it's a thing it works it, it works well yeah yeah and as far as like marketing it and stuff honestly it's not a discussion that we really care to have anymore um mm. like it's like if people if people don't if you like you know if you don't you don't have to you can't say it works you, you can't say it doesn't work but you, you don't have to understand it you don't have to like it and you don't have to buy it but we're going to keep doing what we do and people that ride them are going to really like them and that's that's enough for us you know um, because the mic, the mic being dropped <laughs> <laughs> it, it sort of is though yeah it sort of is just that you know if, if if you're not into it it's cool it's cool we all ride bikes ride what you have ride what you like uh and those who are actually willing to think about it and listen to what we have to say cool you're gonna have a better riding experience but you know we don't sit there and try you know if we're at a show and someone wants to get into it you're like eh, whatever man <laughs> we're happy we're not <laughs> we're not trying to get everybody well, yeah. that's cool. and, it, and, it, and it's also like you know i just had i mean in the the front just like the personal frustration out of it like what you're saying nick i totally it's, i mean it's so interesting the like the bicycling industry is supposedly all about innovation you know like there's a there's a major uh manufacturer that shall not be named whose you know their thing is you know constant innovation that's the, it's like their slogan always be innovating is the thing but the uh and and it's like but it's you know innovate within um the forms you know it's like it's it's all good if you take an axle and make it two millimeters wider and now it's like just so much better you know well they do um, what Apple is the case it's the same marketing program they're like we've got these next six years planned out of when we're going to slowly release tiny little nuggets that are exponentially awesome in theory but really are just consumerism at its absolute finest of well it's newer it's better it's got to be absolutely what i have to have so they're just tapped into that market um and I don't know. It's refreshing, honestly, to hear engineers and, and business owners not just, I guess, in, in some respects, sit around and just jerk each other off about how awesome they are and how about how the, <laughs> the rest of the industry can just go take a friggin' hike. Um, and it's like it's like chefs. Whenever I watch a cooking show and a chef is just like, oh, I have the best. Uh, you don't like my food. Uh, you're stupid. Like even telling like Gordon Ramsay or something. I'm like, get a hint, guys. Like. You can be humble and make good products at the same time. And I love that you both obviously are cut from that cloth. Yeah. Well, and it's um, like, I don't know, we're, we're pretty like just kind of mellow um, down to earth people, you know, like the, the thing, like the plant option that you're describing there, it's like, 
that's probably what we do worse honestly i get i remember like right when i started getting a phone call from someone like you know they want to tandem of all things right so they're putting two people on these wheels and like riding it you know to kingdom come yeah um fast or poorly i mean you how do you take good lines on a tandem i don't know um but um they were like yeah i've had these wheels for 10 years and they're amazing and i you know need new ones and i was like first i was inspired and then i was like huh like this hopefully they have multiple bikes because if we're on a 10-year cycle you know (laughs) (laughs) it's not necessarily lucrative but again that's not you know that the point is to make things that you um can can buy and use forever and like literally that's i found my way to the company because of that i bought you know i think the first iteration of a mountain bike wheel that um ralph Fuel made because i knew I was, I was friends with a rep and um i didn't i guess i didn't care that they looked different it didn't really cross my mind but they were ridiculous like they just the things i did i mean i i, I they just lasted and lasted so long to where and then i got wheels like, i came back and ended up you know me and brian through the industry because of that and then you know eventually i came to came to work here um, yeah, which you know is more because I, if I'm honest, that's more because I like Brian than I like wheels. But you know, it's like it always has to be a combination of these things. He has to say that. No, he doesn't. He means it. He told us before the show he's going to try to not. He's not going to fanboy over you too hard, but here he is doing it. <laughs> I, the, the truth is, I love the stories, but book calls and say, "Hey, I've got a wheel. I've had it for ten years. Uh, it's totally true. Um, what should I do with it? Like, I don't know. Ride it." I mean, it, we, we service, we service everything. So if you bought a wheel 12 years ago and you want to have it rebuilt or repaired or whatever, we'll still service it. So we're not looking to say, Hey, sorry, man, we don't have the parts for that anymore. You have to buy a new wheel set. So, and this is unfortunately, this is the engineer side of me and not the sales, uh, true business person, you know, I, which, is, which is like an 80, it's like an 80, 20 split, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's lost <laughs> revenue there. <laughs> just shut up now no um, uh well yeah, digging into another aspect of wheels in general um so you know spokes are one thing but then you're working in multiple realms um you've got mountain bike gravel and road and those are all probably intensely co- complicated subjects within their own right because i mean i guess road should be probably the most i guess easy since we just mainly go in straight lines unless i guess you're on a crit but you know, the only damage I see on road wheels is during travel when things get smashed in the airlines, but mountain and gravel, <laughs> I can't imagine trying to engineer a wheel that is going to sustain like what I see rampage riders do. Like it's, it's just, it's mind boggling. And that's, has to feel, does, do you feel a lot of responsibility designing these things is like, people are going to be doing double front flips off of 350 foot drops on this one day. We absolutely do. I mean, it is one of those things where you think, would I let my partner, my wife ride this? You know, I, you know, is this, is this something we're totally into? Um, and we, we developed all of our own testing uh, in-house so we can do it and we can change it if we don't think it's giving us the result, like a, a true field result. Because what you said with mountain bike is the hardest. Uh, impact is a hard one because there's so many different, you know, as a jump, you know is it compression and really working a series of different tests just to figure out okay what generates 
something that's real because you can generate fake stuff that doesn't happen in the field you can do that that's not hard uh but how do you how do you make it mimic uh and then how do you fix you know how do you improve it to to keep moving that bar higher uh it is iterative i'll tell you it has you know i started doing that at trek 20 you know 20 plus years ago when you started testing wheels at trek um what was their wheel testing program like okay Ooh, yeah so uh, okay i'm a little careful here let me say this you would have been surprised in the late 90s the level to which stuff was tested or was not and tested by i'm what, guessing by, <laughs> did i say um and, I don't, and it's nothing nothing with trek i mean trek was awesome trek is uh, I, I don't actually have bad stuff to say about them their engineering is fantastic and they take it seriously but it was iterative you, like you didn't know what you didn't know and uh when i started it was it was pretty minimal we didn't have real testing when i started um we developed it with rolf because we were so determined to show it didn't work um and we built a pretty awesome setup and uh we were able to use it on all kinds of wheels and you know some of that we've built on you know as we've you know gone 25 years on uh but the, the market i mean sorry the, the industry has matured 25 years ago the level of testing is nowhere near what it is now i mean whether it's us and, and, it, and there's definitely different levels of companies like companies like zip and the head i mean these guys test they do engineering and they test then there's other companies that don't i'm not gonna name them but you know they, they, they barely have rooms they have been tested you know if you haven't tested it yourself has it been tested yeah you know so true. um but the, the the industry has come a long way um but is it it is like you said it's iterative you got to figure out what what the limits are and when and now people are riding hard I mean, look at mountain bikes more suspension people are riding way harder than they rode 25 years ago yeah so frames suspension wheels everything has to come so yeah it's a lot of responsibility um i want to pivot real quick brian into the the aerodynamics and triathlon world since that's kind of the majority of our listeners will probably care a lot about this aspect of that conversation but i've personally noticed a lot of the innovative techniques of a lot of companies over the years whether it's tri spokes or deeper deeper wheels or then scaling back to 60 mil depth on aerodynamics um and then discs always seem to you know evolve even though they're still a disc um you know what is uh, left to be changed in the aerodynamic field that is actually worth investing in that's a good question uh yeah i mean my wife and i are come from a triathlon background we both started in mountain bikes but we both do triathletes we're both doing challenge roth next year oh lovely. It's supposed to have been this year uh yeah we did it a couple of years ago it was great um and you know, what's nice is, is, is we, we also can pivot from riding gravel or mountain and ride road and try it the, i think the main thing that people that that they'll still be development in is weight the comp it's really the combination of weight arrow and handling so you look through the years, there'd be super deep wheels, you know, uh, 1080s or 92 millimeters. And those wheels are crazy fast, straight with, you know, with no wind uh, or, or sorry, no, not, not appreciable lateral wind. But, you know, they don't handle that great and they're heavy. Uh, and then it kind of throttled, throttled back. You know, we actually did 85s for a while 
and we've throttled back to 60s because we think that's actually the great combination of weight handling and aerodynamics. You know, can you get more aero with a deeper rim? You can. It's going to be heavier and it's going to handle not as well uh, for the most part. But I think the main uh, developments are going to continue to be in you know improving the handling you know, for all conditions. And okay, absolutely, and that's in that in our world, you know, the triathlon world, it's incredibly versatile terrain, wind conditions, and you know, very rarely, and I'd say probably less than 10 in the world they're just like super super flat completely pink right right yeah and it's interesting because that the the handling piece is uh it's harder to measure you know so like it's always interesting to me people just you know when i talk to customers and stuff you know i'm always kind of on the user side when i think of this and it's like that just want to hear about the aerodynamics but it handling your bike poorly is slow right like being blown around is slow being uncomfortable is slow um so that you know i just like always have to give a plug and that's that is a place where i think um our wheels are exemplary um hell, hell yeah that even our 60s are pretty comfortable and they handle super well well that was that was obviously you know something we had discussed as a team um you know aerodynamics and handling um with a 60 being the, the deepest front wheel you offer and honestly like we talked to other pro triathletes as well who were smart. I mean, I think Matt Hansen for one, you know, who was like, gave you guys tons of credit just talking about, and, and we saw a lot of um, crossover in, in, in certain depths and um, between some other wheel manufacturers too, who were some of the best in the industry in terms of aerodynamics. So I think we've lost absolutely nothing in running the wheel combo that you all produce, you know, that, that 60 front and then running a disc on most all courses. And especially since, yep. your, disc, and especially yep. since your disc is incredibly light, that made a huge difference, especially for Leslie Smith, who's one of the pro triathletes on our team. She was running like this bomb of a disc before and man, it was killing her on every climb. So being able to run a light disc has been more than satisfactory. Awesome. I totally we love, we I love totally, hearing that. And I would just say that one of the other things we, you know, raise points is like, I mean, so this is your first year on our wheels. You guys had awesome results, which is really fun for us. And, you oh, know, yeah. again, that's just kind of like where we like to put our, you know, that's why we like to work with athletes, you know, like real athletes that are riding and, um, <laughs> and they care, you know, it's like, well, yeah, they're, look, look. Um, yeah. Apparently our, they work because our livelihood depends on it. a lot of these things working. <laughs> Uh, no, the combo you're talking about, that's what we run too. It's the 60 up front disc on everything possible. And the nice thing about the disc is I think a lot of people who aren't, maybe maybe haven't ridden it or don't know, they kind of feel like, oh, I'm going to get blown around with the disc. And I don't know. I think the, the disc we've, we've been able to test shows, it acts like a rudder. Like it, it really can uh, make your bike handle even better having a disc in the back uh, I, versus running I agree. two spoked wheels. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. I've fast. never felt I've never felt more unstable going downhill at, you know, 45, 50 miles an hour than when I've had a deeper front wheel. Never the disc was an option of a problem. It was always the depth of the front wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. My wife and I did Ram five years ago and we'd be going through Kansas where the winds are just howling and uh, just lean into it and just haul yeah i don't know I, I love that feeling it's like low altitude flying yeah it's sail well 
aerodynamics, manufacturing, um, how you fell into this company, um, and then basically what you're doing now, um, you know, is there anything that you all have an itch to, to really do differently within the sport or change or something you want to see differently in general? That's a hard one to, to answer in that. I mean, there's always things you can improve, um, you know, whether it's manufacturing, uh, whether it's, you know, using less energy or generating less waste in your manufacturing. You know, these are things that we work on. There's always iterative things. Design, yeah, we're always going to try to push it. You know, can we make it lighter? Can we make it a little more aero? Can we make it handle better? Um, but in terms of, you know, the general, uh, you know, our feeling in terms of like the, the theory behind how we build, you know, we feel very solid in terms of the, the pair spoke design and then how we actually do our build process, um, which is slow. Our build process is slow, but it, it lets us have customers come back and say, yeah, I haven't true that thing in 10 years. That is what we want to hear. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice having a strong through, um, racing through Ecuador and just getting our asses kicked in Tulsa. Wheels <laughs> did not come out of true. Tulsa was the worst roads I've ever raced on in my life. And it was raining, so you couldn't see. So hit a lot of big oh, bumps. I hit so many bumps that my angled aero bars were flat and almost to the negative once I was done racing. And those things were oh. Oh, <laughs> the wheels! The wheels were fine, guys. No problem there. Oh, yeah, it just yeah. sounds silly. But but how was your back? Oh, it was ruined. I like had to stretch <laughs> for ten minutes before I started the run, and just totally screwed my day up. But um, real quick, uh, I have a question to when. Um, I don't have a problem mentioning uh, names, but when Zip came out with that that wheel, that was almost like, I don't know, that the carbon area where the spoke meets has that like rigid kind of pattern is that look or does that do anything you're talking about the the shark's fin the yeah, that was, is that you're talking about like kind of like the ridged yeah uh well there's a lot of things that can do a lot of things does it do anything um for, for stability and speed and aerodynamics i think i think it does do some things i think it adds some complications some weight and some potential structural issues but uh, we have not specifically spent a lot of time putting that one through the paces in the wind tunnel, uh, mostly because that's not a direction we intend to go. Uh, but those guys, you know, honestly, I'm not going to talk crap about Zip. No, I'm not trying it's to been, beat you the dog on them. I just oh, was curious no. if, if it was beneficial in any way. Because when they came out with that and I saw the price tag, I was like, holy shit, these must be amazing. But I wondered how. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i would i would with uh whatever's there is increment one so you can put that with the price tag but knowing the what we've known you know over the, over the years working with zip you know they take their engineering seriously so I, I would seriously doubt they're putting out something that that really doesn't do much i don't i don't think it is one of those uh you know step functions where it's like oh wow now i go to 11 you know it's not yeah. really that kind of thing uh, but you know, they, they've certainly been innovators over the years. Uh, you know, I mean, gosh, they were in carbon deep section wheels 25 years ago, you yeah. know? So, uh, yeah, I, I actually have a lot of respect for what they've done. Uh, that, that particular one is not my personal favorite, but teach the own. 
Okay. Yeah. I just have been wondering that and I've been asking different folks because those are the types of things I see is like, well, you're paying so, for something that looks cool, probably for sure. And then well, I don't know what else. What they're going for. I mean, it, it's, I mean, really it's a handling more of a handling issue is my understanding what they're trying to address. It really is how the wind is, is coming across the airfoil of the, the section. Okay. You know, how, how you manage that uh, at different angles. Cause that's actually what's going to matter for like whether or not you feel like you're getting pushed around or you're oscillating, uh, Whatever, you know, like a, uh, you know, you feel like you've got some steering input from the wind. Um, so I, what we're trying to do is kind of break that, uh, you know, how the wind is acting, kind of redirect it in different ways. So again, I think uh, one of you were saying earlier, it's, it's hard to measure, uh, and you really end up measuring it. You can measure in a wind tunnel, but you end up really measuring it on how it rides. Yeah, I don't have enough time on it to, to really tell you one way or the other. You know, I would just. I mean, say that like as far as user experience and like people making buying decisions and stuff concerned for, for all racers across all disciplines. Like, I just think it's really important that people understand that when you see little things like that and, and maybe little things with really big price tags, like it might work. It might gain you some time. Right. And the amount of time it's trying to get is, is really targeted for world-class athletes and like yourselves, right. And where the difference in you know maybe first and 20th place is a is a very small amount like we're talking about humans who are at the pinnacle of of what is possible for a human and the difference between them are very very small and you take the average consumer and those differences really just don't matter that much um your training and how well you slept and and how well you've been eating and stuff your tire choice and yeah yeah right exactly so like when I think about those things, I mean, and I used to, you know, I used to really geek out on those things and lust after these like things that were going to make me faster and, and then realize that like, you know, like having a product that I like or having something that I can have for a long time and not spend money on again, um, that is, you know, effectively just as good, maybe scientifically slightly different, um, is, is really what you want, you know? So I'm like, to, you know, find probably get behind and, and, and love using and that is good for your experience and that you trust um, and, and maybe understand the way it works or, you know, whatever it is for you. Um, but those are really, you know, there's, there's like maybe broader stroke questions. I think people should consider those things and we can get really um, obsessive in these gritty that will matter for, for some, but most of those folks. I, I would, I would go a little further on that even is that reliability is fast. Yes. Not, not, not screwing around with it on the side of the road is faster. I think one of the things, you know, riding with the local groups is I never want to be on a ride where someone says, Oh, Hey, I have this race. And I had problems. I would hate having those conversations. I mean, our, our main goal, we want to be reliable. We want people to not think about it. Like you want you to be even great finish your ride and you didn't even really think about your wheels. Perfect. That means they work great. You right. know, and yeah. uh, so no, ahead. I was gonna say I would I would just like ante up one more thing. This is a thing I really say and like when I was uh, racing a lot, what I'd say is that being that stress is slow. Right. So like even if it isn't that it stopped you on the side of the road, but it's that setup's a, a bitch or that um, you know, you, you had to 
you think about it, or you're worried if it's going to work, or you don't have experience with it, or whatever the case is, it's like simply having confidence in your product um, yeah. is is great. And and you know, like I have a good friend who you know is a part owner in a bike company, and you know, he always jokes that he's like, people want to get faster, they're going to get a new bike. He's like, you know, it will make you faster knowing your like getting new stuff all the time can be really slow because you're constantly relearning this stuff and it's like just really know how to ride the stuff you have um because at the end of the day your drive train well yeah yeah like pedal harder you know like and focus on twenty five hundred dollars on ceramic speed products that'll do it right totally totally you're trained better Um, well hire a coach whatever i i'm pretty sure i was a prime example of that early in my pro career i think it was a saint george like 2016 i was up until like 8 p.m the night before the race just trying to adjust my rear brake because for some reason it was integrated yeah and the like the fork my old scott plasma my old old one the frame would not open wide enough for the for the width of these new disc wheels so i was like shaving down with like an actual like a hand shaver shave down the brake pads i was razor blading the brake pads like anyways i I basically wrecked my back the night before the race so i've done that dumb shit too just like last minute stuff that doesn't quite work that you know if it works and it's been proven and it's not going to jerk you around all the time then that's that's way more worth your investment than going out and buy something brand new that might screw you up because you're not ready for that technology yeah, and I think that's what we when we're talking to people, and you know, they they feel like we're trying to convince them, hey, you should go Rolf Prima, Paris folks, you know, blah blah blah. It's honestly, hey, we want you, we would love for you to ride our wheels. We think you would enjoy it and would improve your ride. But in the end, we want you to ride your bike. We want you to ride if, if you're happy with what you have, ride what you have. You know, and yeah. when you're not, comes come talk to us. <laughs> but uh, you know, it it is confidence, like we've been saying, is confidence helps, and. Uh, if you're confident what you have, then, then use that. But, you know, we think we can make yeah, it ride better. That's, that's what I uh, would, would you know, or going back a while when you were asked about something, you know, you, we'd like to see in the industry or the sport. And it's like, I'd like to see more people riding bikes, more different types of people riding bikes and um, enjoying it in whatever the hell way um, makes sense to them, you know. Yeah, and, they're on e-bikes uh, now. And Yeah, <laughs> totally. And that's, you know... Uh, and they're beating the shit out of me going up Snow Canyon on their e-bikes, and it pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. I'm holding my tongue on trouble? this one. I have a, I have a hard time. I have a hard time with this one. But um, when I said any kind of bike they want, I was imagining like their various tire widths. Um, but you know those those are those are those are probably fine. Are they really bikes if they have motors? Let's just get. I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> trying to get right. I'm, I'm just all, all I'm going to say, and I'm just going to leave it at this, is that I will own a tricycle before I will own an e-bike. Like that's, I, I smell a challenge yeah. of some sort. It's like I went golfing the other day, and if, if you duffed it that bad to where you didn't even – the ball didn't even clear the women's tee box, you had to put the next hole pant, pantsless. That's oh, I could not play with you. You're gonna have to do something. Oh, I could. uh... I would just not wear pants. (laughs) (laughs) I just show up. I just show up that way. We would still be out there. 
<laughs> well, well, sir, I think we've certainly taken a good amount of your time and in, in this beautiful environment you're in. So thank you for honestly giving us some something really nice to chew on in terms of wheels, tech, engineering, and in a company of, of such stature, which has withstood the test of time, still making bang on products that people are loving since day one. Like, I don't think you guys have anything else to be more proud of than that. So thank you for sharing your story. And, you know, lastly, what is the, what ride are you doing tomorrow? Where are you headed, Lauren? Um, I think I'm going to ride lunch loops in Grand Junction. Um, and then I'm going uh, with a, another colleague. We'll, we'll head to Moab for the weekend. So good, good yeah, weather. I am for it. Yeah, yeah. And I got to hit the road. So I'll be, I'll be heading down to Albuquerque in the east. Well, uh, we'll. Uh, but um, before we, I also just, uh, guys, wanted to. Uh, you know, thank you guys for um, representing us so well, um, for doing what you're doing. You know, um, it truly is. I mean, the gratifying thing is to watch athletes, you know, perform at their peak on, on product we make. And, and you know, for me, I'm, I'm, you know, spend a lot of time on the marketing side, getting to tell good stories and, and work with folks who are creating good content. And, and just like the, the well-roundedness of what you're doing, you know, and, and helping people access the sport and through coaching proving in, in all aspects um and it's just yeah it's it's really awesome to work with you guys and uh, well, appreciate you having us on and um just everything we get to do together and looking forward to a lot more well garrick uh had some internet issues so he's been kind of cutting in and out that's why he hasn't been chiming in too much but he's uh he's he appreciates it too and like i am in charge of all the our sponsor contracts relations and gaining new uh partners and let me just tell you I am so disappointed with the lack of professionalism and um, let's just say transparency within the industry at the moment and working with companies like yourselves. And the only other one who really stands out is, is Rudy project. You guys are responsive. You take care of us. You're invested in us. And I've just really thoroughly wanted to just get you guys on again, because we care about you so much. So thank you for having our back. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll see you again. Lauren's going to be here um, maybe in January. We'll do some actual YouTube stuff and do some more product demos. And, you know, Brian, maybe if you're bored and want to come out for a week, we'll show you a good time in St. George. Hey, that sounds actually pretty excellent. Okay. Well, thanks, yeah. fellas. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. Look forward to that a ton. All right. Be safe. Don't be too hungover. And uh, I'll catch you on the other side. Hey, thanks for having us on. Oh, yeah, I appreciate time. it. Thank you. Bye. All right. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise on a one man mission trying to see it through.